For decades, there have been reports from around the world of encounters with strange children who seemingly have sinister intentions and supernatural capabilities. Although many of these incidents happen in different places and times, they share certain similarities. In most cases, the children are encountered in pairs, unaccompanied by any adults. They approach an adult, usually someone that's alone, and try to enter that person's personal space. This is usually a house or a car. When they arrive at a house, they will usually claim to be in need of some sort of assistance and request to be let into the house. When they approach someone in a vehicle, the children will request a ride to some other location for various reasons. At some point in the interaction, the children will look up and the person will realize that their eyes are completely black. At the same time, the person will experience an inexplicable feeling of dread, as though they're in some kind of physical danger. Those who emerge from these encounters are convinced that these black-eyed children were a grave threat. Today, we'll look at two such incidents. The first incident took place in the early 90s. It was shortly after midnight in a quiet suburb in one of the American Midwestern states. In an ordinary house at the end of an unremarkable street, Matthew and Laura Briggs were asleep in their bedroom. Suddenly, there was a thunderous pounding on the front door, startling them both awake. Struggling through the haze of sleep, they wondered who on earth it could be. Pulling back the curtains, they could see that there was no car in the driveway. Peering into the darkness, Laura thought that she could see a large black sedan parked on the opposite side of the street, a few dozen yards up the road. She couldn't be sure, but she didn't recall ever seeing that vehicle on their street before. With a sigh of resignation, Matthew said that he would go and see who it was. He suspected it would be a neighbor with some sort of emergency, or perhaps a motorist with a breakdown of some kind. After all, these were the days before cell phones were common, and it wasn't unheard of to have such unexpected visitors. The loud knocking on the door persisted, until Briggs opened the door. There, he was surprised into silence for a few moments. Standing on his doorstep were two children, a boy and girl. He estimated that they were somewhere between 11 and 14 years old. Aside from the strangeness of these children turning up at his house at this time of night, Briggs noticed that they seemed to be dressed in a strange manner. Their clothing appeared to be from the 40s or 50s, rather than the 90s. Briggs shrugged it off, figuring that maybe their parents were just thrifty people. He also noticed that the streetlights in front of his house were no longer working, although he was sure they had been working fine just a few hours earlier. He then asked the children, what they were doing there, and where their parents were. The boy said quietly, We need your help. Will you help us? Taken aback, Briggs looked around, trying to see if these children were fleeing some source of danger. He also tried to get a better look at them, to determine if they were injured in some way. But both children had their heads firmly turned downward. He asked what sort of help they needed. In response, he was told, very important help, urgent help. Will you help us? Exasperated, he repeated the question, trying to get more specific information. All he received was a nearly identical reply. At the same time, 
Briggs felt a sudden sense of dread, as though he was in the crosshairs of someone or something. He put this down to the cold November weather. Seeing no other choice, he couldn't very well leave the children outside. He stepped aside and allowed them to enter the house. He led them to the living room, where he instructed them to sit on the couch. After a few moments of hesitation, as though they didn't quite understand what to do, the children sat down. Meanwhile, Briggs went down the hall to call his wife, being uncertain of how he should handle the situation. As he walked, the lights in the house briefly dimmed and flickered. At the same time, he heard a low hum that seemed to resonate through the house. When the couple returned to the living room, both children were once again standing up, poker straight, completely still and completely silent. Laura, a more cynical person than her husband, was immediately wary of the situation. She, too, suddenly felt the immense sense of dread, and she immediately associated it with the two silent children standing in her house. She decided to call the police to tend to the children, and possibly track down their parents. To her horror, she found that the phone line was dead. She tried redialing several times only to slam the phone down in frustration. The loud sound of the receiver hitting the cradle made the children look up for a moment. It was then that both Laura and Matthew noticed that the children's eyes were completely black. There was no sign of an iris or a pupil, just absolute inky blackness filling up their entire eye sockets. Both adults momentarily froze in terror. Then Matthew started to hear a ringing in his head. Next he began to see black spots in his vision and started to get lightheaded. Laura was horrified to see blood begin to trickle from her husband's nose and ears. She yanked on his arm and they staggered down the hall to their bedroom. They managed to slam the door shut and lock it, but they weren't certain if that would protect them against the beings in their living room. Several panicked minutes passed and Matthew lay dazed on the floor dabbing at the blood. Laura pressed her ear to the door, hoping to get some clue as to what the children were doing. She considered opening one of the windows and running down the street to get help. No sooner had the thought crossed her mind did she hear the sound of the front door swinging shut. A distinctive creak followed by a metallic click. And after that, a dim yellow glow through the curtain indicated that the streetlight was now working again. Laura carefully unlocked the bedroom door and peered down the hall. The living room appeared to be empty. Further investigation revealed that the children were nowhere to be found. The sense of imminent dread had lifted, and when she picked up the telephone, she was greeted by its regular tone. Understandably, the couple had sought medical attention. To their disbelief, they were told that Matthew was displaying symptoms of radiation poisoning. Sure enough, a dosimeter revealed that he was more than twice as radioactive than was normal. An examination of the house and the entire street failed to find any significant source of radiation. Had these bizarre symptoms somehow been caused by the mysterious children? The other incident took place more than 20 years prior, in the late 1960s. A man in his late 20s had been out with his friends and was on his way home at around 11pm. 
To his surprise, the road leading to his house was enveloped by rolling fog. He had lived in the area all his life, but he had never seen fog there before. The dim headlights of his Ford Coupe were of little use in such conditions, and he pulled into an empty parking lot, figuring he would wait a few minutes to see if the strange weather cleared up. He turned off the engine and settled in to wait. He was lost in his own thoughts, until a sound got his attention. It was a persistent tapping, like a person tapping their finger on a pane of glass. A quick glance to the left and right told him that there was nobody outside the vehicle. But the tapping continued, seemingly building in volume. He listened intently, wondering if this was some sort of mechanical issue with the car. Then his attention snapped to the front of the car. He could have sworn that he had just seen movement in the fog. Even though the car was turned off, he turned on the headlights so he could get a better look at what was out there. All he saw was opaque emptiness. There was no sign of anything or anyone. At least not in the few yards he could see before the fog became impenetrable. Not wanting to risk draining his car's battery, he turned off the headlights again. But it didn't take long for the sound to return, a distinctive tapping, this time from the rear windshield. Annoyed, the man turned around and once again saw nothing. But upon facing forward again, he nearly jumped out of his seat when he saw two shadowy figures standing directly next to his window. One of the small figures slowly raised its hand and tapped on the window. The man realized that these were children and decided to roll down his window. The air outside was incredibly cold, colder than he'd ever felt in this place before. Shocked at the icy weather, he elected to only roll his window down a few inches instead of all the way. He would later credit this decision with sparing him from a horrible fate. He asked the children what they were doing and what they wanted. In response, they asked him if he could give them a ride up the road. He was puzzled by the vague request and asked where exactly they were referring to. They repeated the same request. The man was unnerved by their monotone and apparent lack of emotion as they spoke, unlike what you would expect from young children. He also observed that both children were curiously clad in what appeared to be black robes. They resembled the kind of outfits he had seen in pictures from the turn of the century. Starting to feel more uncomfortable, he asked them where their parents were. In response, both children said Indonesian, They'll be back, but first, we need your help. It was at that moment that they both looked up, at which point the man was terrified to see that their eyes were completely black. He had never seen anything like it before. He also felt a sudden, overwhelming sense of dread. The fog surrounding his vehicle seemed to be getting thicker, as though it was closing in on him. Both children stared unblinkingly. Once again, they repeated their request, this time explicitly asking if they could get into his car. He nervously began to explain that he was in a rush to get somewhere and was unable to help them. The children became more persistent, saying, you need to let us in. The man firmly refused and reached for the ignition key, having decided that it was time to end this encounter. You must let us in, said the children in unison. 
This time their voices sounded louder and strangely disembodied as though it were coming from all directions at once. The man cranked over the engine and it burst into life. The children's faces contorted with anger and took a step closer to the open window. The man slammed the shifter into drive and accelerated out of the parking lot. He still couldn't see much, but he decided to place his faith in his familiarity with the area. In the wing mirror of the car, he saw the silhouette of one of the children's arms reaching for the door handle, but missing. He made it onto the street and immediately noticed that the looming sense of dread was disappearing. Even stranger, the inexplicable fog became thinner and then vanished altogether. The air rushing in through the window became much warmer, more consistent with weather that was typical for the area. The man never again saw the children, nor did he ever encounter the sudden blanket of fog again. These are just two of the dozens of such encounters that have been reported over the years. All seem to share a common thread. The children with the black eyes try to get into their target's house or vehicle. They also don't appear in broad daylight or in the presence of lots of other people. All of the encounters take place in the dead of night. The victims are usually alone and in an isolated area, where seeking help may be difficult or impossible. From the experiences of people who've made the mistake of letting them in, it's apparent that the black-eyed children have the ability to cause substantial harm. It is thought that they are the product of a genetic experiment having gone horribly wrong, or they are of some supernatural origin. Their intentions remain unknown, but it's speculated they will attempt to drain energy from their victims or siphon out their souls. Whatever these children's intentions or origins, the best advice for dealing with them is simple. Get as far away as possible and do not let them in.